Hey there, sweet ones. Before we jump in on today's mini Monday episode of All That to Say, I just wanted to make sure that you know about um, my new offering that it is now pay what you can for both of my signature e-courses, Marriage Methods and Heartbreak to Hope. Both of those are three months and they are jam-packed with my every best practice, idea, thought, reflection, question, teaching, tangible tool. If you are either in a difficult marriage and you're trying to stay in a better way, that would be marriage methods. Or if you are separated or divorced, heartbreak to hope would be for you. And yes, it is now pay what you can. You can check the show notes for the links and I would be honored to walk alongside you to bring you to a place of deeper healing and hope. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome to a bonus episode of the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a comforting God who walks us through every single pain. Today, I am going to read an excerpt from my 2014 novel, World Split Open. My Bible's on my lap, but my mind is hovering on hope. If I hear one more person talk about sticky, sweet hope, like it's a magic bullet, or I just have to say that I have it, or I just need to wish for more of it, that everything will fall into place, I'm going to have to slap that person. I didn't mean to grow up, marry a man who was wrong for me, treat him poorly, become despairing, lose all hope time and again, and walk around with a cold, hard heart. And yet it happens. The first part of life, we're walking along, dodging the choices that our parents have made for us or have made for themselves that inevitably come back around and eventually smack us in the head like a boomerang we didn't throw. The next part of our life, before we even truly know ourselves, we're making all these frightening decisions like what our career will be, and whom we'll spend the rest of our lives trying to love. But it sometimes ends up more like trying not to hate. And the third part of our lives, which I think is where I find myself right now, is trying to live with all those choices, those both done to me and done by me. Trying to live. Yeah, that's where I'm today. Trying to strike that weird balance of being like Jesus, living out some dreams, serving others sacrificially, not being a fraud, embracing who God created me to be, not being a codependent doormat, yet not being a mean, critical, self-absorbed, cold as ice, causing others to drink kind of woman. I stress the word trying. Don't get me wrong. I believe in hope. I have a great hope, capital G, capital H, that one day I will see God and he will make all things right. But I have to tell you, my experience tells me I shouldn't put too much stock in things turning out all right down here, at least not the all right version that I'm looking for. People who follow Jesus still go bankrupt, get divorced, die from cancer, get killed in car accidents, are plagued by depression, lose friends, lose money, lose hope. We don't automatically get all our stuff straightened out down here just because dot, dot, dot. You can fill in the end of that sentence. You know what the words are. Just because we know and love Jesus and he knows and loves us, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. 
but I wanted to throw this out so you know that I am not completely hopeless. That will be important as you keep reading because heads up, I'm going to act at times like I am totally without an ounce of hope holding me together. But in reality, hope's all I've got. If I lit a match in any room in our house, I confided in a whisper to Lauren, it just might explode. Tears rolled down her cheeks when I told her that. I had no idea, she said. I've been thinking about secrets, about things confessed across tables or between strangers because strangers are safe. You can set your secret free and know it'll never come back to bite you, but this one is mine and it bites back a lot. And this one I had kept to myself for a long, long time. Too long. I hate secrets. Really, I think there is no place for them in a marriage. Someone once told me not to overreact to the secrets and lies I was being told. I'd love to know just how they think I should have reacted to them. Just accept them as part of life, part of the package. Just let go and let God. Just take it one freaking day at a time. Just ask Jesus to make it stop. Well, tried and tried and tried and tried. One of the weirdest things about this whole issue is that I was very aware of Mitch's drinking literally from day one, but then we had Macy and it seemed to stop. He stopped tossing six packs into the grocery cart. When I would reconcile our checkbook each month, there weren't stops at the liquor store anymore. And the scent that had been accompanying us to bed for years disappeared and with no explanation. In fact, once I started putting two and two together, a part of me started to relax a little bit, thinking it had all just been a really long phase, one that he was perhaps growing out of with the responsibility of fatherhood. But the thing with secrets, they all come spilling out eventually. I heard someone say, truth good, secrets bad. But who of us wouldn't rather step forward into the light voluntarily versus being thrust into it without warning. So sweet ones, all that to say, if this sounds like you or even somewhat like you, first of all, I'm so sorry. Secondly, there is hope and there is help. And thirdly, You are the unconditionally beloved daughter of the Father God, and he is so delighted with you. It may not feel like it, but you came into this world and you start each day already completely loved, with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.